I'm Carol Robinson. Welcome to this edition of County Happenings, where we're finding out what happened, what's going on in the county by talking to the man that knows, Roger Zanderson, our county mayor. How are you today? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Good. Uh, I don't know that I know everything, but there's a lot going on. <laughs> yeah, there is. And uh, one of the things we didn't talk about before we went on air is the census taking. Yes. Uh, we're required <clears throat> by Congress, it's legislative mm -hmm. action, that every 10 years, we do a, a census in, uh, throughout the United States, and Williamson County is trying to do that, uh, our part mm -hmm. uh, of that, so that's being headed up in our county and by Joe Horn, and uh, Joe did the 2010, and I think he did the 2000 that coordinates a lot of it, and you can go to the census website. I don't have that right off the tip of my tongue, but they are uh, asking for volunteers, they are asking for paid people, they are paying people, mm -hmm. they've just raised the salary up an hourly rate <clears throat> to help um, not only with the door knocking, but now we'll do it through emails and texts and right. a lot of those things, but you're required to do that every 10 years. And you're required <clears throat> to go door to door and verify that there are people in the homes before the census? forms are even sent out. Sent out. I, I think a lot of people are shy about that. Mm -hmm. They don't like to give out a lot of that information, but for the most, for most of us, it's a matter of just clicking on or sending a form back that, you know, you live in a house and you, your uh, wife, husband, children, grandchildren, whatever they happen to be, live in that house. And, and at the end of the day, what it's all about is uh, getting a, a nose count, a head count of everyone in your area. Now, this information is not released for like 60 or 70 years mm -hmm. before it's actually released. Uh, they just, every year they release something else, and, you know, the people that like to read about all that, I think in the 30s it was, or 40s, yeah. there was some information was released from the Census Bureau. Oh, we're using that in, well, in our family doing genealogy Yes, very searches. important. So uh, it, it, it is required by law, uh, and it's very difficult. It's getting harder because people are so mobile, yeah. and they move around. But and I, people are not trusting the government. And people not trusting the government, and I guess I get that. But I also know what that means to us in terms mm -hmm. of receiving federal and state dollars and ge figuring up geographic tracks and how your community is growing and and you know roads and schools and all those it's so critical to us the, the sad part about it is it's only done every 10 years that's a good part too i guess yeah well but the cities will it takes do years to get it started yeah, yeah. and joe well, it started takes it, two years yeah joe started a, a year ago and it it's it really goes into effect 2020. that's right and the cities can go back and do a head count about every four years mm -hmm. if they have a certain percentage they think is grown. They have to pay for that themselves. This one is paid through your um, tax dollars through the federal. They'll pass them down. Now, there's a lot of costs that aren't recoverable at the local level. But again, it's a requirement of law, and it really does help your community. And so if, you, if people watching this, if, they need a job or part-time job for several weeks and months. Uh, it's awful good Christmas money yeah. uh, or next year money, whatever you want, mm -hmm. vacation money. 
But the other side of it, it really does help your community. And that material that they ask, um, it, it's not so invasive, um, but I get it why people don't trust the government to mm -hmm. some degree. Yeah. Well, and moving on, Veterans Day is coming up. And we want to remind everybody of our Veterans Day parade um, on November 11th at 11 o'clock in the morning, 11, 11, 11, um, down Main Street. Parade, uh, I, I know there are several local bands uh, will be participating in that uh, for the immediate local school area, uh, like Franklin Special School District. Yeah, they uh, send a couple of schools over to yeah, watch the parade. Watch your children. And then, <laughs> Then there's just the hardcore people like you yeah. and I that are going to be there and participate where we can. Um, I know your husband's a veteran and I'm a veteran, and uh, there's a new group that started here, uh, Vietnam Veterans of America post-1140, less than 100 days old, uh, made up of about 75 to 100 men and, and some women. Yeah. Uh, and their support group, an auxiliary, groups, an auxiliary yeah. group, and they're going to participate this year. Mm -hmm. So you'll get an opportunity to see uh, our our soldiers that have um, been veterans or participated. Maybe some of them put in ten or fifteen, twenty, thirty years. Others, like myself, maybe four years or two years. But uh, we're all proud of that. You know, during that Vietnam era, it was not a um, it, it wasn't a time that Americans embraced the soldier yeah. when they came, they came back. And I think all of us realized we made a mistake as, as America uh, to treat our veterans that way. Most of them, when they got discharged in California or New Jersey or wherever they got, they changed in their civilian clothes and came on back home yeah. because our country um, was... Really divided. Really divided. Even people talk about the division that's occurring in the United States today. I don't know there was any more divided than yeah. in that period of time. You know, when young men and women in uniform were being spat upon and stuff trash thrown at them. Well, thank goodness our society has changed. You may not like the war, but uh, still love the soldier right. and uh, appreciate the soldier because. He or she is doing their patriotic duty going in, and they don't know where they wind up. I mean, you just sign up, and then wherever the needs are, and of course, all over this world, the global world, I mean, if you read today's, it's about Ukraine and, and what's happening in, in, in Syria and, yeah. and all of these different parts of the country that most of us don't even know. Don't, even, don't have a yeah. clue. Um, and, and so we've learned to say, well, we do support our soldiers, our, our men and women that are serving. We may not like the, 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 the political side of it, but these men and women are doing their duty yeah, and to they our volunteer. country. And they volunteer. Yeah. And during Vietnam, they, they were drafted, so they didn't, even have, they didn't really have a choice. No. But no. Um, many, like you and my husband, volunteered before you got drafted. Oh yeah, my mother and daddy. My daddy was had been in the World War II, and so well, as soon as you got out of high school, within yeah. a year or two, you were going to get your phone call or letter. 
saying you, you've been selected. <laughs> yeah, you've, been, uh, you've been chosen. <laughs> you've been chosen. And so uh, I went ahead and got in the Air Force. Uh, I, I, I probably wouldn't have survived as a Marine or Army. They're just, they're hardcore. Uh, and, and even though I was in shape, playing ball and coming out of high school, I thought, well, I'll just join the Air Force and maybe I can learn a trade. Uh, you know, there was a different era. Yeah. And, um, my mother wanted me to go to school and all of that, but at the same time, uh, there were there weren't funds at our house to pay for schooling, yeah. and so there was another opportunity for me to okay, I can get my education let the, under the GI Bill, but I still wound up in Vietnam, and I still wound up in in war zones like yeah. Africa and Vietnam, and and but I look back, it was a I don't your husband Bill, I don't think it. Uh, scarred him too bad, and no. and not all soldiers, uh, even today, we hear about, and, and it is a problem, PTSD and, and the suicide rate among our veterans, and I'm not sure I understand all of that. Uh, I guess you see and you hear things, and but Bill and my generation, and certainly our parents' generation, was a different time. He, it was a school of hard knocks growing up yeah. at home yeah. uh, to begin with, and so when you and this just kind of finished you off. It just kind of <laughs> it could have finished you off, and we learned from it, and and we came back, and each of us found our own niche in life, and school, and work, and raised our families, and um, and we think back. Vietnam seems like it was just yesterday, but. Our, fifty years. Fifty years. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. a half a century. Yeah. And, and we've now started the as we are losing our World War II veterans um, on a at a faster rate. Uh, we're now losing our Korean and, yeah. and Vietnam veterans too. I had the opportunity uh, recently to speak at a Vietnam uh, group uh, security squad group uh, that chose come to 69 94 yeah came to uh, Williamson County and I went over and spoke to them uh, one thing I did notice they were all getting old they had gray hair and they had little yeah. pot guts and, <laughs> and I thought well that must be me too uh, but there were 75 of those men and women and their wives and they came from Oregon they came from California yeah. they came from all points of the continental United States to spend two three four days not just touring our area, but to be around each other, like, each other, their friend mm -hmm. of 50 years ago. Um, and the things that they can remember are incredible. Yeah, well, there's get, probably a reason get, they get, don't need to remember yeah. everything they did. You get you all veterans together and, and just talking, and it's amazing mm -hmm. what comes out. Yeah, like I said, so my, we, we've all... Uh, not in our capacity as a soldier, but mm -hmm. said things, done things, and uh, as, as uh, the good book says, uh, remember my youth no more, and I'm ad-libbing when I say it that way. Uh, you know, we've, we've all made mistakes growing up, and uh, we, we get a little wiser as we get older. <laughs> that's why we get older. That's why we get older, that's for sure. I look at some of my grandchildren and I think, I don't know if... I've got one grandson that has two older sisters, and I think, 
whew, I don't know if he's going to make it or not. <laughs> Those girls are they're already controlling his life. And, and, you know, he's fighting he's for survival. He's going to be well trained. He is well trained. Uh, he, he, he will do fine, but he's going to have a real, real good education to have yes. two older sisters yes, constantly on him. <laughs> and he is such a cutie. <laughs> now there's going to be a breakfast for the veterans before at the, at the archives. Uh, yes, uh, the, the Veterans Day will be uh, on that Monday this year, mm -hmm. and um, it starts at 11, but if you're there around 9 or 9.30, there's activities yeah. already going on, yeah. and of course the parade takes some time to line all that up. W-A-K-M, Tom Lawrence, he's continually done that, and uh, I think that he gets a great deal of enjoyment out he of it. He does, he does. and. Uh, get to uh, Main Street early and line up because all the good seats will be gone. Yeah, it yeah. really gets kind of... Hopefully we'll have a pretty day in which to, yeah. to walk down there and a few of us can wear a hat and some that haven't put on any weight can still wear their uniform. Yes, <laughs> there are a couple that do, <laughs> not very many. Um, and moving right along, um, we've got some parks and rec uh, things going on. We've got Halloween coming up. Uh, Lots renovating completion, yes. renovations completed. And so I would, uh, because I get dates mixed up when I'm on shows like this, I encourage you to go to the Williamson County uh, website, mm -hmm. find the Parks and Rec area, click on that, and look at the many activities yeah. from Pumpkin Fest and activities and There's hay rides, hay and, rides of... and uh, this time of year, you know, uh, apple cider and hot chocolate and marshmallows. And a lot of people do that at their home, uh, particularly with the little pits, fire pits yeah. now we can buy, and you enjoy that. And, of course, the young children, the trick-or-treaters, they'll be out in full force in our neighborhood and remind safety is first, not only for those children and those parents, but as we're driving around. And yeah. if you live in some of the more populated subdivisions that it just seems like they bring all the buses in the world and empty the kids yeah. out. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm sure our department stores and our grocery stores love it. They can move a lot of candy and <laughs> things like that. But at the end of the day, it's, uh, it's, it's good fun. And many of us grew up in a time where trick-or-treating was usually your blue jeans rolled up in a t-shirt that was old <laughs> and you colored something on it and you painted up your face and out you went yep. and you would be so fortunate just uh, to, to get a, a particular candy bar or if you were really fortunate, we had a lady in our community that made uh, popcorn balls oh. and she did the old yep. fashioned, she did old popcorn balls and she did hot dogs, and she cut them in half, and he kind of had a condiment. And wow. she was in our community, and everybody wanted to go. They had chili. <laughs> well, these are things you just didn't have a lot. I mean, today, yeah. if you want chili, you can go to Wendy's. Go to Wendy's <laughs> or go to any. You can even do it at home yeah. real quick. But, you know, the women cooked back in those days, and it was a chore to make chili. And, yeah, it's uh, a day-long day thing. It, it, was, it was fun. So activities uh, are galore we are as you're watching this show the um, indoor uh, sports complex over in Brentwood uh, the renovations to that pool it was quite extensive the pool's been closed for two or three months uh, while we've changed that air control 
water equipment, uh, lots and lots of investment there because it's a 15-plus-year-old yeah. facility. And when you're dealing with water and chlorine and chemicals, it, it wears out. It, it, it rusts things yeah. out in our air intake. We built it as an indoor pool. Mm -hmm. It's turned into a competitive yeah. swimming event. <laughs> I mean, at 5 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, there are clubs coming over using that. And there's a whole section of our community that swimming is an everyday part of their life. Yeah. And when you've got those kind of activities going on at the facility, you're just wearing out the equipment more and more, which is not all bad, yeah. but it costs money to yeah. replace yeah. them. You prefer it to be wore out by being used but rather than not being used. And then on the, I think it's the last Saturday in Fairview, I think it's the 26th mm -hmm. at 10 a.m., uh, all the remodeling that has gone on there will be uh, we shut it down for two or three months, and our part-time people have been, you know, saying, well, when we go back to work. So we're actually cleaning it as this show goes on, and then the 26th, uh, we'll have a little ribbon cutting and open it back up to Fairview. So we've tried to, maintenance is not an option. It's a necessity right. you have to do, not only to our school buildings, but to our Buildings yeah. and that was an old school. Yeah, that was an old school. So that that was particular challenges uh, in dealing with that. Even just the original uh, change from um, the well, for years it was used as the Fairview Rec, but it really wasn't kept up. Right. And then so when the county took over, there was renovating there, and now it's. Well, I haven't been in it, so I don't know what they've done, but I've heard that. Oh, it's just beautiful. Of course. Anytime put a fresh coat of paint on something, it's not really only nice. <laughs> looks not only looks good, it smells nice. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of the walls, a lot of the things were changed in there. Let's not forget, we have a lot of nonprofits that work out of there yeah. too. Uh, Waves is over there, and Meals on Wheels mm -hmm. is over there, which is overseen by the Mid Cumberland um, Housing Authority uh, Association. I mean. Uh, so many, many meals are gone out of there every day out into the Fairview mm -hmm. and the unincorporated part, all housed right out of that location. It's right on uh, Highway, 100. Highway 100. Uh, if you know where Fairview High School is, just right, right on, down the road. Right down the road <laughs> going towards uh, 840. And mm -hmm. uh, so if you're out and about in that, they, they'll have some freebies and uh, some food to give and, away. And, and the rec center usually has some really cool freebies. <laughs> oh, yes. They, they, they have some um, some items that help draw people there. Yeah. And so then it's back to basketball and all yeah. the things we do yeah. uh, for our rec department. There I'm are anxious many, to get back in it <laughs> at the rec center. <laughs> well, it's, you know, it's getting wintertime and all of us need yeah. to stay active. And then we've got a new event. I, 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 you need to brush off your mountain bike, you and Bill, and, <laughs> and, and go out to where the Leapers Fork area uh, next spring is when the unveiling of it, but they're working on a mountain bike course. We'll actually have a beginning. You can see some, some progress you now. You can. Um, uh, we've contracted with an outside firm. It's a good public-private partnership, and they're developing, uh, eventually we'll have three courses, a beginner, intermediate, and advanced course on about 100 acres of rough, rough terrain. Yes, that's, it is rough terrain over in that Kingfield area. And uh, we were able to acquire that property about 20 years ago when we got the Springs property. And uh, there's not a lot you could do with it. I think it had been some of the 
locals have been hunting on it, uh, you know. I think wasn't that area rumored to be where Rocky Top was written? Well, I've heard that. I don't know that I can. Uh, <laughs> There's some rumor going around there for years in that area. I, I'm, I'm <laughs> not laying claim to it. <laughs> I, but it, it will be another added, one of the first ones uh, that we've done a mountain bike course on. And we're glad to do that. There's been lots of uh, internal pressure to provide that level of service, mm -hmm. not only for our citizens that enjoy that. And you have to stop and think, most of the bikes that those men and women and young people are using. They're not just off-the-rack bikes coming out of the department stores. They're a little bit yeah. higher grade <laughs> and and a little bit more money, so it's part of economic development, too. <laughs> and there are several bike sh uh, shops and stores all around our area that depend mm -hmm. on that. Now, all of us know there's bikers on the, all the roads. Yes, we do. <laughs> um, but this is uh, this is a way to kind of help the traffic instead of those mountain bike folks traveling to Georgia and other places. Yeah. They'll be able to come here and you and utilize that course. And, uh, and this is a course that'll actually have it, uh, competitions. I mean, there's oh, several yes. courses around around the area, but they're not competitive courses. They're just for the Eventually, general these enjoyment. Will, They'll, they'll be not only for enjoyment, they'll also be, they'll be the, the standard or whatever that standard is, they'll be able to offer some competitive events, which will bring people to our community. Uh, and help pay we, for the course. And help pay for that course, <laughs> that's exactly right. It, the course for our part was very minimal when you own the land, yeah. and then some other groups have joined in and raised funds to have this, so it'll, it'll be good for tourism. Ellie will uh, Ellie Chen, she'll love uh, having more visitors in our community, and they'll stay in our hotels, and they'll eat in our restaurants, and then they'll go back home, a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah, some of them fall in love with the place. Yeah, some of them do fall come in back, love. And, you know, speaking okay. of that, our county is doing a comprehensive land plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's a little discussion on... Um, uh, what the county wants to look like, whether, yeah. you know, between industry and um, So I think there's two, two or three things that are driving this. Number one is uh, land use. How do we, how do, what are we going to look like in the year 2045, 2050, when our population doubles? We've got about 230,000 people in our, in our county, city and county. And what does that look like when you have a doubling, the 450 to 500,000? And are we doing planning? So you've got planning with the cities and you've got planning with the unincorporated part. And so Williamson County, the, in the unincorporated area, when you stop to think that our entire county, about 45% uh, of the county is within the city's jurisdiction and the growth that occurs there. And that's where your growth right. systematically occurs. And then you have these urban growth boundaries where the cities can grow out. And the laws changed a lot of that, so you've got to do it by referendum. But the fact of it is these cities grow in a designed area where they can provide water and sewer. In the unincorporated area, we're not in the water business. We're not in the sewer business. We're in the septic business. But when commercial businesses uh, residential growth is coming in. They're jumping over the hoops of the urban growth boundary and, and what we call urban sprawl. It's occurring out in your, your rural areas. Mm -hmm. And that's possible, it's made possible a lot by decentralized uh, septic systems whereby 
uh, a subdivision of 100 or 150 or 200 can utilize. So we're going to kind of ratchet down on that mm -hmm. and look at preserving more of our rural character and our rural land. Uh, it'll, it'll, there's been many, many uh, public meetings. There'll be some more because this really won't officially roll out until uh, the first part of the year. But we're going to try to figure out ways to encourage people that and, and uh, development that to try to keep that within the city boundaries. There's some good communities that have done a, a better job. We tried it 10 or 12 years ago, and the fact of the matter of it, we probably missed the mark. The county commissioners and the cities, uh, right during the recession period mm -hmm. we had, and, and of course the economy was going down, and everybody was kind of afraid to put in some of these uh, stopgap measures to slow it down, and then all of a sudden in the last 12 to 15 years it's just exploded. And so the cities, each of the cities and the counties are looking at better ways to use your land and, con and control what can go on those mm -hmm. pieces of land. Uh, and so we encourage you to get out or go to the Williams County website, read more about the comprehensive plan, then after that will come the zoning element that de defines that. So we've got communities, you've got Leapers Fork and College Grove and the Grassland, and we call those little hamlets, and they're unique. Those communities want something different. Now we're doing... What about the rural areas? That's what very we're... Rural the areas. rural areas, you know, we... We've put in we put in some measures to help pay for our schools for the next five and ten years in terms of calling educational impact fees. Rather than raising the taxes on everyone, the people that are impacting our schools are the ones moving in, so they have to pay more to get in, and it's substantially more. The downside of that is is somebody like you and I that someone's lived on that piece of property uh, for 100 years or 200 years and they want to have their children come back and live on the land, well, they have to pay those fees. So we're trying to figure out mechanisms, um, how, how to help those large families so that if you owned a 100-acre farm and you've got a, you want your children to come back, so that there's some credits given to that mm -hmm. and not encourage those large landowners to say, well, I just don't want to pay anymore. I'll just sell my property and let somebody else pay for it and we'll go someplace else and live. Now, the, the, the bicentennial farms, they're going to stay here. But we have to figure out ways for them to have the next generation of their family live on right. the farm without it costing an arm and leg. Well, there is a one. One of the centennial farms is gone now over in fair, off of Pinewood Road. Um, it, it's not, no longer in the family. Well, our land prices are so high, mm -hmm. uh, and there's a demand for that. Right. I mean, so yes, I'm not trying to restrict a person that owns a long track, large track land from making money because he or she has property rights just like uh, the person moving in. But there's got to be a way for those people that want to stay. And be able to stay. To be able to stay without break, breaking the bank. Because a lot of our large farms, they're, they're really an active working farm, mm -hmm. and they don't have the access to capital that, I mean, right. their value and, and is in their land. And they depend on their children to keep that farm going. Mm -hmm. And if the kids can't live on the That's farm. Right. 
So, I mean, there's challenges of that. You get out into the Bethesda community. Mm -hmm. We only got a minute left. And I mean, I could, but, but I do encourage you to follow that closely. Mm -hmm. Look for the advertisement, the stories, the articles you'll put together because it's a real challenge for our community for the next uh, five and 10 years. And to define what do we want our community to look right. like in 25, 40, 50 years. So put your thinking cap on. And then join us again next time on County Happenings.